The Friedrich Rebbe related in the Fabrengen of Purim regarding the Alter Rebbe. Starting from the year Tov Kuf Mem, so we generally know already his Seder. The truth is that we know also about the Torahs that the Alter Rebbe said before the year Tov Kuf Mem, but not with such accuracy of what came first and what came later. Whereas starting from the year of Tov Kuf Mem, we know very accurately regarding many of his Torahs and Maimorim, also with regards to which one comes first, which one comes later, etc. The reason for the change starting from the year Tovkov Mem is because from that point on there was the Chosid Rapinchas Rezis by the Alter Rebbe, which would hear and give over and absorb the Torahs of the Alter Rebbe in a very, very accurate way. To such an extent that when the Alter Rebbe would sometimes be on the floor, rolling on the floor in the middle of saying a mimer because of great dveikus and excitement, Repinchas Rezis would get down on the floor next to the Alter Rebbe in order to hear even those words that the Alter Rebbe is saying at those moments on the floor, in the middle of the mimer. And despite the fact that not all of the words were even able to be understood, Repinchas Rezis was very, very particular so much in the way he wrote down the memorium that in those cases where something wasn't clear, he would just leave a space, he would just leave it empty. And that's why we sometimes find in the middle of a mimer there sometimes seems to be a lack of connection between certain words within the mimer itself is because the words Repinchas couldn't hear, he would simply omit. The Friedrich Rebbe explained why it is that this chassid was called Repinchas Rezis. Seemingly, he should have been called after his father. His father had a very, very tremendous yichus and very famous person. His father was Rabchanoich Henechshik from the great Goinim in the city of Shklov, which at that point was a tremendous, great city in the area of Torah, was very famous for Abonim and Goinim in the learning of Torah. And this Rabchanoich Shik was one of the unique amongst the Goinim and Rabonim. And nevertheless, how is Rapinchas called? Not, not by the name of his father, but rather Rapinchas Rezus. And who is this Rezus? Rezus was his mother-in-law. Rezus was a very, very rich woman. And she had three sons-in-law. And she was very, very impressed with the Alter Rebbe. When the Alter Rebbe had come for the first time to the city of Shklov sometime before the year Tovkov Mem. And she saw something very amazing and very surprising. Here a young man came, the Alter Rebbe was born in the year Tov Kuf Hei. In the year Tov Kuf Mem, the Alter Rebbe is already 35 years old. This is even before that, so that means the Alter Rebbe is younger than 35. The Alter Rebbe is coming without a shturim, without the way a usually going would travel with a whole entourage of people. Rather, the Alter Rebbe came in a very calm, quiet way. And for all the questions that the Goinim of Shklov asked him, he was able to respond and give good answers. As opposed to the questions that he put to the Goinim of Shklov, they were able to answer no more than one out of three questions, one for every three questions. So she said to her sons-in-law that whoever is going to go to the Alter Rebbe and go there to learn by the Alter Rebbe, she will give him away her possessions. Seraph Pinchas agreed, he traveled to Liozna, and when he came there, the Alter Rebbe, at that point, was traveling between various different cities in order to be Makarev more Yidin Tachsidus. So Pinchas Rezis had to wait four months until the Alter Rebbe eventually returned to Liozna, and then he remained by the Alter Rebbe for three months. He then came back to his mother-in-law with a ksav, with a document testifying that he was for three months by the Alter Rebbe learning there, and in fact, she took her possessions, she gave him all, all, all of her money. 
Rapinchas Reizes took all of that that his mother-in-law had given him, and he went or traveled to Liozna to the Alter Rebbe, gave him all of the money, said to the Alter Rebbe, he should do with it whatever he sees fit, for his general public and needs, etc., whatever the Alter Rebbe wants to do with it. And the Friedrich Rebbe concluded that the Alter Rebbe at that point gave him a bracha for richness and for gedula, for greatness. That he should have what's called toiro, gedula, toiro, and greatness together. Then Rebbe Pinchas asked for another thing and the Alter Rebbe just kept silent. And the Alter Rebbe, the Friedrich Rebbe explained that this is why he was called Rebbe Pinchas based on his mother-in-law, not called by his father, which seemingly would have been a greater yichus, but obviously from the fact that he's being called by the mother-in-law, it's showing that that's something even more special and greater. Says the Rebbe, this is all connected to the idea of Purim. Regarding Purim, it says that people Purhua Goyrol, that Haman through the lottery, and the Gemara says that we learned in a Baraisa that when the lottery fell on the month of Odor, Haman was very happy because he said, this is the month that Moshe Rabbeinu passed away, but he didn't realize that B'Shiva Badr in the seventh day of Adar, Moshe Rabbeinu passed away, but Shiva Badr is also the day that he was born. From the Gemara we understand that the reason that Haman was not successful in his decree was because that B'Shiva Badr on the seventh day of Adar, Moshe Rabbeinu was born, and that caused V'nafichu, that the whole month should be transformed from sadness to happiness, from um, the Simcha of Hamon, that Hamon was um, happy because Moshe Rabbeinu passed away, but he doesn't realize that Moshe Rabbeinu was born, and that transforms all of the negative things of the month. How was Moshe Rabbeinu born? The Chumash tells us, and the Gemara and Midrashim explain it more at length, that it was Beschus Noshim Tzitkoniyas, in the merit of the righteous woman. The Gemara tells us regarding Amram that he was the God Ladoi, he was the greatest in the generation, he was a Tzadik Gomor. In fact, the Gemara says he was from the few unique individuals that passed away only because of the sin of the snake, because of Chet Yitzhadas. When Amram saw the Gzeira of Pari Arusha, that all the, children, all the baby boys are going to be thrown into the river, he said that all of our efforts are in vain. So he went ahead and separated from his wife because Alpiteva, there's no way that the Yiddish children are going to be able to exist. So he went ahead and he separated from his wife because of this Gzeira of Pari of throwing all the boys into the Nile. And we don't rely on miracles. So seemingly there's no other Eitzah. There's nothing else to do. And since Amram was the shayfate, was the judge and the leader of the Eden at the time, so everyone else followed his example. So his daughter Miriam, and this Yecheved was also of the same opinion, but Miriam is the one that said it, Abba, my father, your decree is worse than Paroi's. And she went ahead and explained a number of reasons why it's even harsher than Paroi's. And what does Amram do because of that? He brings his wife back. As the Pesach says, Vayikach, that he, that he again remarried her, made a chuppah, etc. And as a result of that, all the other Yidin also took their wives back. And this is what caused Moshe Rabbeinu, the savior of the Yidin, to be born. And more Yiddish children to be born because the Gzeira of Pari of Kala Bein was then nullified. And not only that, it's these boys that were the ones to recognize the Shekhinah first one by, by Kriyas Yamsuf when they said, Zekeli van Veil. This is what we said that Beschus Noshim Tzedkani is in the merit of the righteous women of the generation. Our obvious were redeemed from Mitzrayim because if not from Miriam and Yecheved, who were the Jewish mid, uh, midwives, so then there wouldn't be the whole Yeshua, the whole salvation of the Eden through Moshe and Shal Yisrael, through Moshe Rabbeinu. 
says the Rebbe, even though ain in in that of course number first and foremost. This all happened in a very literal sense, but we know that there's plenty of things that happened and were not written down in the Torah. And this story is written in the Torah, because clearly this is also an eternal Torah for all the generations in all places, and specifically at a time just before the coming of Mashiach. That just like back then, that despite the fact that Amram was afraid of the Gzairus Hamalchus, and therefore, he was fine with just sitting and learning Torah, and his wife will also learn what she has to learn, and they'll act in a proper way. I, what's going to be with children? Well, if there's no possibility to educate children, if not through throwing them into the Nile, which is the Avoid Zara of Mitzrayim, he figures it's better that there shouldn't be children, Chas Shalom at all shouldn't be born comes along Miriam and says that this is not the way that the goal of the Yidin is going to come. Rather, the proper way is that a Yid is to fulfill the command of the Abishter and then demand of the Abishter that everything should come about but in the proper way. And her words, in fact, did have an impact on Amram and he took his wife back with and through that Moshe Rabbeinu was born and then they were able to set up a door that's going to be the door of the Gula that will go out of Mitzrayim and receive the Torah at Har Sinai. Says the Rebbe the same thing in our generation, the Doir Vikavs of the Meshicha, which is connected to the Goyal Achrin, to the last Redeemer, which is also the Goyal Rishon Moshe Rabbeinu, as the Medrash says, that the Goyal, the lot of the children, is dependent on the Neshe Yisrael, on the Jewish women, similar to Miriam and Yecheve, the Jewish midwives, that their Indian was to be Meshtadl, to try as hard as possible that there should be Yiddish children that will be in the right way. And when someone comes along and screams that we are in a country where there's a gzeda, that we need to go along with a flow, with the Avoid Zara of the country, throw the children into the Nile, the spiritual Nile, says the Rebbe, we don't have to be nispoil from this gzeda, as long as there's something we can do, so like Yecheved did, she went and hid the baby. But when all the ways in Derech HaTeva are over, then as the Pasuk says, they put him in the Nile, and his sister stands from a distance. The Gemara says in Soito that this Pasuk is referring to the Shechina. That Vatisatsav is a reference to the Shechina, as we have a Pasuk by Hashem, Hashem similar expression. Then it goes further and says the word Achoysoy, which means a sister, is again a reference to the Shechina, and again brings a Pasuk, and so too with the word Meirochoyk and Lodas, all the words in the Pasuk are all a reference to the Abishter. Says the Rebbe, seemingly it's not understood. The Gemara knows very clearly that Vatisatsav is from the means standing. And Achoysi is Miriam. That Miriam was standing by the Nile. So what does the Gemara mean when it says that the whole Pasuk is referring to the Shechina? So the Rebbe explains because when Miriam is standing there, she's not standing there based on her own logic. She's not standing there in order to test Chas Shalom Hashem and really to see what is going to happen with her brother. It's also not supposed to be any sort of power struggle or, or seeing what's going to happen with Amram, who's going to be right, me or you. Rather, Vatisatsev is Hashem, meaning that she's standing there, Bishlichos, like on behalf of Hashem. Since the Abishter commanded Pruravu Milos Aretz to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. So she tried whatever she can that this is what should happen. And what's going to happen afterwards with how are these children going to survive and conquer? Well, she's sure that all we need to go ahead is go and look to see what's happening. In other words, to see that Elikus is there, and of course everything's going to work out. Says the Rebbe, this is the for our generation. There are those people that say that if we want to have 
children in a certain place, we need to educate them in a particular way. That we need to throw them to the spiritual Nile of the place, because if not, there's going to be a paroi, and he's going to scream, and he's going to send policemen, and he's going to force us to do certain things. So the response is, as our Abayim taught us, that only the goof, only our body is in Golos. Whereas our neshama never went into Golos, and it does, and there's absolutely no one that has any authority over our neshama. And even though we're speaking about the goof, but when a yid sets up his way, that his goof shouldn't be controlling the neshama, rather the neshama should be controlling the goof, then the neshama won't be dragged with the goof into Golos, but just on the contrary, the neshama will take out of Golos also the goof, and just like the neshama is in a state of avodahim that is only a servant to Hashem, not to anybody else, so through the neshama ruling over the guf, the neshama will affect that the guf too should be in a way that it's only of service to Hashem, as the Alter Rebbe says in Igeris HaKodesh, that there could be the idea of a gula protis, of a person having an individual gula, even before the general gula. And the Rebbe says that first and foremost everything is in the most simple way that Neshayu B'nai Yisrael, the Jewish women and girls, shouldn't think that they can rely on anybody else, even on people like Amram, and to think that they don't have a job that belongs to them, but rather, as we learn from Mitzrayim, regarding the generation that it says, as they went out of Mitzrayim, we'll see wonders, that there's a special need for these Jewish midwives that are not affected at all by the Gzaira of Paroi, and they go ahead and they raise Yiddish children, and, and then we guarantee that, hey, that these children recognize Hashem first, and not like the opinion of those that make a mistake, that we're speaking only about people that are already like 60 years old and have no other you know, worries, or at least people that have already their own families, or at least people that came already to the age of mitzvahs, girls of 12 years old, and therefore they have to be involved in the Haftalarecha But rather, the Rebbe says, we learn from Miriam that she was older than Moshe Rabbeinu by five years. So when she was trying to do whatever she can for the birth of Moshe, she was under five years. So here's the Yerah for Jewish girls as soon as they come to the age of Chinuch, which starts from the age of five and si- five or five or six, and by a girl even younger than that, that their Indian is to be mishtadl to try that Amram should have children. And then Vatei Satsav, as we said before, that it refers to the Shechina. And in this way, they set up through the Jewish midwives, Yitcheved and Miriam, in that generation. And similarly, the Sheyub and Yisrael in our generation, a dirty Yisharim Yiverich, a blessed generation, regarding, every, regarding which every father and mother will say, Ugi Dulim Shigidan, look at what we raised, and we'll go with them, the Krasmashiach said, Kainu, Bekarav, Biyameinu, Mamash.